everyone. Welcome to Book Babes Banter, your go-to place to listen to all things bookish. Every episode, we'll talk about what we're currently reading and dive into a bookish theme. I'm Sal. And I'm Soph. And today, we're going to share our romance wheelhouse along with some recommendations. But before we get there, Soph, what are you currently reading? I don't have a currently reading because I just finished a book that I started As yesterday. As per usual, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was called My Boss is a Minotaur, Minotaur, a Monster Grumpy Boss Romance by Ivy Sparks. It was super cute. It was good. I give it like a seven and a half out of ten. Authors are so lucky there's not a word limit for titles. <laughs> Oh my god. Because they are really taking advantage. (laughs) Kindle Unlimited titles will have every SEO keyword. I was going to ask you what this book is about, but I feel like I know by the title. Well, to give background to this, it's like there are different planets and worlds, and like Earth, or like the planet that's supposed to be the closest to Earth with the most humans, Mm. is called like the abundant planet. And there is this girl, she works in an office. She had like a her first task. She kind of like not failed it, but basically she went to this other planet where the people are very much like turtle aliens. They're like turtles mm-hmm. and they met her and they're like, this girl is too soft spoken. It's not going to work. Like, <laughs> okay. For the turtle people. Um, so she basically flopped it and she's been on like this basement desk duty as she described it. Out of nowhere, her boss calls her up, like, at the company she's working for, and they're like, yeah, you have a new assignment. Uh, You have to agree to this. And then in one hour, yeah, and then she's like, okay. And then he's like, yeah, and your assignment starts in an hour, and you're going to a new planet, and you're going to be the tamer of this mentor who is super aggressive. Um, And so how does she tame him? So she gets there. And she's just nice to him. And that's how he tames him. So like, no one tried like, to be nice to this guy? Well, no, it's not even just that she's nice to him. He's attracted to her. So I think that's the biggest thing. It's like, you know. Oh, okay. um, and then she just kind of like is in the room touching him to calm him down. But what in their first meet, he's like very much like, I don't need a tamer and blah, blah, blah. But anyways, her job is to tame him for like his PR scandal of being aggressive. And then like in this case, he is her boss um oh and, yeah so she tamed him they win whatever they're trying to win in a business deal situation the planets are saved and they live happily ever after the book also has some type of corporate espionage situation but i'm not really giving anything away because it's kind of obvious to the plot like once you start reading yeah. it and meet the main characters within the first three chapters, um, it's a 200 page book. It's really mm-hmm. like easy to read it and not think of monsters at all. Like, I mean, maybe I'm just so used to hearing about like five legged beasts that I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> like a mentor, like minotaur. There's whatever. nothing. I'm yeah. not going to lie. That but, sounds a lot like my job, too. Yeah, no vibes. But that's what I finished reading. But Sal, what about you? What are you reading or what did you just finish? Well, what I just finished is a graphic memoir called The Best We Could Do by T. Bui. And it's about the author's parents' childhood growing up in Vietnam. And it takes place during the Vietnam War and their journey to America and how her parents' history may... I guess she goes back in time and retraces her parents' childhood in order to make sense of who they are now and to make sense of her own childhood. So I'd highly recommend that. Look up any content warnings, though. It's a very heavy book, but I think it helped me to share a lot of, I don't know, I think it made me think about my parents in a more sympathetic way. And I felt like I could relate to a lot of her feelings as well. So that's what I just finished. But what I'm reading now is Body Work by Melissa Phoebos. And this mm-hmm. is a collection of essays in defense of and highlighting the benefits of autobiographical writing. So it's a book about writing. But I think that you 
can take away a lot from the book, even if you aren't a writer. It's made me think about some of my opinions as a reader and why I have certain opinions and what types of authors I apply this opinion to. So I would highly recommend it. And this author is also the author of Girlhood as well, which I've heard of. Yeah, but I didn't know that. uh, I hadn't heard of her other works. Is bodywork writing about in a way for like writing out an autobiography? Is it that type of like writing advice? No, it's not a manual or like a how-to of how to write good autobiographical writing or like how to write a memoir. But it's more saying like, fuck the opinion that writing about yourself is lowbrow or isn't artistic enough these are the reasons why those arguments are wrong. This is why it's really powerful. And I think like sprinkled throughout it, there may be some tips, but it's not, again, it's more of in defense of than how to. Excuse me, no, I think I'm going to pick it up. Not that I've ever been the type of person who doesn't think I shouldn't write about myself. That- Good. Um, I didn't even know that was something that people didn't think was like it was lowbrow or whatever. I know. Yeah, I didn't really think about that either. But then as I was reading it, it it made me think about how I have thought to myself many times, like I'll be reading something and I'll think, oh, this is clearly a self-insert or this is very gratuitous of the author to write. Uh, Like, these are just the things that they want to happen to themselves or whatever. Like, these are clearly their own opinions. But then that book kind of made me stop and think, like, and what's wrong with that? So, yeah, highly recommend. And with that, let's get into our bookish theme this week. So today we are going to talk about our romance wheelhouse. And just so we're all on the same page, a reading wheelhouse consists of any and all elements you like in books. So it can include genres, settings, character traits, plot devices, literally all of that and anything else you could think of. Anything you like in a book, that is your reading wheelhouse. And we're big romance readers. I almost exclusively read romance books for the past year or two. We're definitely excited to go over some of the things we love and, um, you know, give you our faves. So I'll kick us off. My first wheelhouse item is enemies to lovers like I'm sorry but that is a creme de la creme of (laughs) romance tropes I Mm there is there no arguments are needed in support of it now to the creator of this amazing trope of enemies (laughs) to lovers I had to say my first favorite book is of course Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen in terms of literary fiction in the newest age of books I would say probably Jane Austen created the trope of explicit enemies to lovers I've heard that before yeah and I feel like okay well if you don't know Pride and Prejudice read it watch a movie about it whatever watch the one with uh Keira Knightley and Matthew McFadden top tier Knightley Right, Carol Knightley, she is that like historical romance girly. She is. I just love looking at Carol Knightley. I know. She's so good looking and she hits every time. I agree. Read it, watch the movie, whatever you do. It's about a woman who's of like a mid lower class. She's at an age where it's time to get married. And this takes place, I want to say in the 1800s, like we'll wore mm-hmm. like big fluffy skirts yeah. and like petticoats on like a regular day. So her sister is, I believe, older and she is being approached by men or they're trying to like marry her off essentially. And then one of the guys, the brothers, or I think his best friend, basically Basically, he has a crush on Kara Knightley's character and Mr. Darcy. Here we go. We're not even really um, going to name the female main character's name. It's Kara Knightley's character. <laughs> I don't even remember her name. I know yeah, Mr. Darcy Keira Knightley. and yeah. Kara Knightley. Like that is all <laughs> you need to know. Yeah, Mr. Darcy, Stoic. He kind of 
seemed like an asshole. But in the end, it's really enemies to lovers. They come from two different... Uh, Mr. Darcy himself is very wealthy. So they kind of like don't like each other and they live happily ever after. And even just to step back, like when I think of romance, if there's no happily ever after, it's not romance. I don't agree. Care. Agree. Yeah. Like you need a happily ever after... I don't want to like think about what happens. Like I want happiness. They better be together. Agree. So my other favorite, I almost didn't want to say it because I know there is backlash around this author. But at the same, yeah, at the same time, I have to mention it because the main male character and the main female character, they just stand out. Nobody has beat this in terms of current romance. And it's Mattis Obsession by Danielle Laurie. And again, if you're going to read this, I'm not saying you should purchase it, but I'm <laughs> like saying Gianna. You are saying to pirate it. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying it's a great book. I know a lot of people will call it dark. I don't necessarily think think so but it is a mafia romance and again read the triggers whatever you need like protect yourself first uh this is not pride and prejudice where it's worth the potential trauma you could have so it's really about this woman gianna and gianna is a part of like italian mafia family and she also has a best friend nico who is the head of the mafia that they're in like the mafia clan and then there is this fbi agent who technically is like a mafia boss and he is russian um and his name is christian allister love of my life <laughs> christian allister we love you i i don't know that any oh is this like how you started learning russian no i learned russian way before that um, <laughs> for your yeah, other boyfriend <laughs> yeah no my actual russian obsession came from vladimir nabokov nabokov i don't know how to say that but um, the author, Vladdy. But yeah, so Christian Allister, oh my god, I love him so much. But anyway, so Gianna is very like cutthroat. She is your bad bitch, like with dark hair. She looks great in a dress. She is unfortunately in this mafia world where women do get married off. And she's been in these situations of having to be married off to men who are not well. Basically, Christian is this like FBI guy who is technically like best friends with Nico who is the head of the Italian mafia and him and Gianna they're like bickering they're like fighting like first scene is him cuffing her literally cuffing her against a police car because he's in the FBI but they are real actual enemies they don't do anything physically harmful to each other but the banter is great until it's Mm. not and the way the book is written is very similar to Sopranos in the way that Christian is in therapy and he's literally in therapy because he's obsessed with her he is going to the therapist to talk about that and the reason it aligns with the sopranos is tony goes to the therapist not that he's obsessed with gianna um and is going to the therapist because of it but anyway so that part a man in therapy a man who is obsessed with her for over eight years a man who has kept her hair tie on his wrist for eight years oh god Um, it's this one it's this one (laughs) Yeah. And also the funniest thing is, so one, the sex scenes are great, but the first time they're like, I guess, sexually together, he's giving her head. And at the end, she says, Alistair, that was like so great or something like that. And he's like, Gianna, my mouth has been on your pee. I think we're on a first name basis. And she's just silent. And he's like, you don't know my first name, do you? (laughs) And Love that, that felt so real to me because I've been in that situation so many times. So um, many times. And I mean, at least she knew the last name. That's what I could say from that. But yeah, so they do end up together in the end. Yeah, so this is a part of a series, the Maid series, and they are my favorite couple, but I do feel like there's a couple for everyone. The third book, The Darkest Something, that one I will say is dark. So um, the first two are a little bit more more lighthearted and funny. I'm sorry, um, did you just call that lighthearted? Like in comparison to the third book, okay. it's more lighthearted and funny. You are um, from that whatever planet that Minotaur is from. Yeah, but like 
With a Valley Girl accent, I think. Yeah, agree. Yeah, like with a Valley Girl vibe. But yeah, so that is another fave. And then to not go into like historical romance or mm-hmm. bordering on dark romance, another suggestion I have is A Not So Meet Cute by Megan Quinn. She's probably well known in the romance author community. But what's so funny about this is I've wanted this situation so many times. And it's about a girl <laughs> who's, you know, I need to basically find a rich man to marry because, like, I'm in this financial struggle because of some other outside force. I think it's her friend or her sister's like, let's go for hot girl walks in this rich neighborhood. She goes at one point and she runs into this guy for some reason. And then they end up having a reason to have, what do you call it? Like, it's kind of like a marriage of convenience in a way. Like mm-hmm. he proposes to her this uh, solution of like, hey, I need your help on something. And she's like, yeah, I need, I need money. And why it's an enemies to, uh, Uh, lovers is their personalities don't go well together she's literally doing it because she needs the money but then they live together and they fall in love and get happily ever after yeah so those enemies lovers favorite trope there's so many it was really hard to narrow it down to the three first two are definitely top two i will probably always say they're my faves Mm. but pride and prejudice jane austen maddest obsession by danielle and a not so meet cute by Megan Quinn. I think it's gonna be a thing where Soph is whispering at least one thing per episode. <laughs> but I mean, love, fine. love enemies to lovers as well. And I think it's time for me to read Pride and Prejudice. I feel like that is a rite of passage. Watch just... the movie. Oh I yeah, mean... you can just watch the movie too. You're yeah. right. This was a movie. I am not that type of person anymore, at least, who's like, oh, you didn't read the book? Like, you've only (laughs) seen the movie and you know about it? Like, good. You're consuming. Like, go for it. I love consumerism. I mean, I feel like that's fitting for you because you don't even remember the main character. Okay, but once you put here at night, I know. Like, how am I supposed to remember? Like, I could could not tell you what the main girl's name is. I should know. I know the line of, like, the 27-year-old, like, the girl who's like, I'm 27 years old. I have no job, no prospects, nothing. I'm, I know that like basically off the top <laughs> of my head, but don't ask me what Kira Knightley's character's name is supposed to be. Um, Elizabeth. Yeah. Like you're going to tell me I'm going to remember Elizabeth when Kira Knightley is <laughs> right there. Period. Okay. So for me, one of the top tropes in my romance wheelhouse is opposites attract. Very similar to enemies to lovers, or you could say that enemies to lovers falls under opposites attract. I'd agree. I just love when the main characters come from different worlds. And I don't think this is surprising because in general, in my reader wheelhouse, I love multiple point of views. I just, I like how opposites attract just opens up the world of that story even more and I feel like opposites attract and enemies to lovers is just really conducive to tension and banter and just really keeping you on edge and so one of my ultimate romance reads in general and I think it does a really good job of opposites attract is it happened one summer by Tessa Bailey quick summary it's basically this rich girl gets in trouble and then she's sent to this small fishing town to run her family's abandoned bar and then when she gets there she finds that the fishing crew of that town are running it themselves sort of like a worker co-op and then the captain of the crew just despises her on site and I think he kind of sees her as like a threat and so then antics ensue I loved the FMC in this book The author, I think, did say that it's inspired by Alexis Rose from Schitt's Creek. And I've seen like two episodes of Schitt's Creek, and I think it's very true. And I just love this character. She's so herself. She kind of reminds me of Barbie, actually. Like before Barbie went through her. Like her development. <laughs> and then the MMC is super sexy, love a tradesman. He's really loyal to his people. Like he's, I guess you could call, yeah, you could call this grumpy sunshine as well. And it's enemies to lovers or opposites attract, whatever. 
but the MMC would be the grumpy one in this case, but he's really nice to the people around him. He just doesn't like the FMC at first. And I'll also say that this is a really smutty book as well, and I think it's written very well, especially for a mainstream romance novel. And then I then came to learn that Tessa Bailey's backlog includes a lot of erotica. So I was just going to say that. That's how I was introduced to Tessa Bailey. I did not know she wrote more fluffy romances that have a lot of good smut. But I literally got introduced to her because I was trying to find more like BDSM style romance tropes. And she had a really good, or at least she had like quite a few books in her catalog to get myself introduced there. But I like 50-50, I will probably pick up one of her books and like it. I did not read this book only because I saw a fish on the cover or something related to fishing. Okay, you would read like a merman romance, but if it's a human fishing hell no (laughs) yeah but it's different because like he's fishing she is not getting the fish like you know I think the one thing I do like about the range of opposites attract one it reminds me of lifetime movies but I love the rich girl in a small town or like that too I love a small town and like the tradesman I love a man who's either a lumberjack or an auto repair, like whatever you call mm, those. Like a like, mechanic? A mechanic, yeah. It's so hot because it's always like, oh, she's like going to this small town and her car broke down and this guy <laughs> just so happens to be driving down the highway and he's a mechanic and the only mechanic in a hundred mile radius on a snowstorm and there's no hotels no inch she has to live with him yeah it's it's always gonna hit I'm always gonna read it agree but not a fisherman that's not for you I mean or just no fish on the cover (laughs) no fish on the cover is okay it's the fishing I don't know I'll give it a I'll give it a try I love this one I'd highly recommend it I'll give it a try because I do like Tessa's uh I think it generally works well to what I like. I think that was smart of her to take her erotica background and put it into a more mainstream type of romance because I feel like it gives her books an edge. Yeah. I like her writing style. I don't feel like... I I loved this one. I didn't love the second one in the series as much, but... It might the have second just, one. I think the second one is Hook, Line, and Sinker. I know a lot of people liked that one, but I, it might have just been the characterization of those characters that I didn't love. Like I, I said last time how uh, FMC that I don't really like is someone that's extremely insecure, and the FMC in that one is. And then couldn't really sympathize with the MMC either. But I really loved like the FMC and the MMC in It Happened One Summer, and I think it's a great example of Opposites Attract. But what about you, Soph? What's your next wheelhouse item? So my next one, I don't know if this is controversial to say, but it's dark romance. <laughs> like, I love dark romance. You said it full chest, no whisper. <laughs> yeah, like it was on all caps, bold, underline. Yeah like on a billboard yeah I love dark romance and I really tried to find titles that weren't Sophia level dark romance like ones that I know people that are normal have said are dark romance I'll just stick to one because like we could make a whole episode about this but this is a really good series and if you look up dark romance books or titles this is one of the ones you'll see And I think a lot of people might not want to read it because of the cover of the book. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's just by an indie author. So it's not designed the best. And it's like about five books that are smaller put together. But they're quick reads. And really what it's about, it's this female main character who is like, for a lack of a better word, a serial killer. But I'm in a sorry, Robin, like- <laughs> in a Robin Hood way, okay. Mm-hmm, okay. She was originally from a small town, and these are people who had 
physically hurt her and her family. And I'm trying so hard not to spoil it. This is a part that comes through really early on. But she is a serial killer, but a good person. She's just specifically getting vengeance. And this isn't just like, oh, like this guy picked on me. Like it was really bad. But she was in a coffee shop. And then she meets this guy who's like an FBI guy. Like again, the FBI trope. Um, (laughs) So he's cute. He's fine. Like he can be annoying at times. But what happens is he's investigating her case. And he doesn't know it's her and she does. But throughout the whole book, it's kind of like cat and mouse in the way she's she loves him, but he doesn't know this big part about her. But it's written very well. And it's not gory. And I wouldn't say it's super smutty. But I will say, uh, in terms of dark romance, it is one of the better dark romance written books, like the characters themselves aren't toxic. There Mm. aren't toxic tropes. But I really like that book. I I love her. I haven't read this book, but I love her. And this series, I think, got more hype because of TikTok more recently. The author Mm. that writes it, it's S.T. Abby. So S dot T dot Abby, which spells out stabby. Um, But (laughs) (laughs) no, that, that is the joke of it because she writes under multiple names of her books. This is the least dark. If you are someone who wants to read very dark romance, like where almost no triggers trigger you, I would read her selection of books under the pen name Kitty Thomas. It's so dark. I read some of those where I'm like, it's not that I don't finish it, but I'm like at the end of it. Wow. That was dark. Like, even reading it, I'm like, but I, I continue to read them. Like, her writing is done very well. The other author I'll say is a lot of dark romance now is fairy tale retellings. Oh. One author, yeah, and like Beauty and the Beast is like very true. easy to yeah, do. True, and true. like the story of Hades and yeah. Persephone, those are the two main ones. I didn't realize this was a retelling of Wizard of Oz. And this, so this is the book Wretched by Mel- Emily McIntyre. And it somewhat has a similar trope to uh, the mind. Oh, my God. I don't even know if I said the book series in my first one for dark romance, but it's called the F series. Just type in mind F as one word because it is also bleeped out in the title uh, by uh, S.T. Abby. (laughs) Oops. Don't even know how to podcast. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So. If the serial killer trope isn't for you, Wretched by Emily McIntyre has a very similar trope, but in a different way where in it's a similar trope in the sense that the guy is an FBI agent and the girl is technically who he's trying to find but doesn't know. There isn't really murder in this, but this girl works for her father who's like, not in the mafia, but think of it as a criminal organization like the mafia. And she's a botanist who creates a lot of different Ooh. drugs. Yeah, so they're trying to find who this drug dealer is. It's very similar in the character tropes. The actual story plot isn't as much, but it is a Wizard of Oz retelling supposedly but emily mcintyre does really good book retellings because you can't Mm. tell like it's not obvious Mm. and it's it's very adult but again read the trigger warnings and then the last book i'll give i won't go too deep into it but this one i will say from other comments from people they have said it's very dark i did not find it dark but master of salt and bone by carrie lake what i really like about it it's a gothic romance Mm. um And the main plot is there is this gothic Victorian home. They need a house sitter. This girl goes in to house sit. Everyone's just like shocked. They think it's a haunted house. They're like, what? And then, yeah, so it's really like discovering the owner of the house who stays hidden that everyone thought he was a ghost. Yeah. Um, It's not not paranormal or anything. The guy just stays hidden. Like, he just doesn't (laughs) walk around. It's like, it's just a very big house and he doesn't want to be seen. But 
Yeah, that one's really good. Read the triggers, but mm. it's very good. And like, I love the dark gothic vibe of it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Those are great recommendations. Thanks. So like, I don't really read dark romance. So you just brought this wealth of knowledge to the forefront. I really appreciate Anytime. it. Yeah, Anytime. I feel like you should do like a little mini solo episode to go into the dark, dark. I mean, I could I be know, there. I, I probably won't say much other than like, ooh, <laughs> ah. You can comment on it. We'll do like an exclusive like subscribers only episode of yeah. dark, dark, <laughs> the dark and depraved. I actually have a Goodreads shelf. I think it's called dark and depraved or something ooh, like that. That's it's, like, locked right now though. Dark. But yeah. Okay. So for me, next, so touched on this really briefly before, but another wheelhouse item that I love in romance is marriage of convenience. So this is when characters have to get married as a strategic move for personal gain. And then obviously, as per romance, they eventually fall for each other. And I think I just really like Marriage of Convenience because you get to see so many scenes of them acting like a couple. I feel like sometimes there are romances where the majority of the book is them kind of just like having tension and then the ending is they finally are a couple, but you don't get too much couple time together. But Marriage of Convenience, there is a whole wealth of that. And so another one of my ultimate favorite romance novels that falls under this category is the Bride Test by Helen Huang. And so the setup is the MMC's mom is in Vietnam looking for a wife for her son. They are Viet, by the way. <laughs> and then the FMC catches the mom's eye. The FMC agrees to go back to America and start this relationship or get married to the son because it will give her a shot at giving her own kid a better life in America. The MMC is really against it. He's, he pretty much comes home and his mom has a wife for him. But... You know, as romance, a happy ending happens. And then I'll just say that the MMC is really stoic, but is really loyal and dedicated to her. He's not rude to anyone else either. FMC is independent and loving. I think she's just a really likable character who's also very smart, too, and just, like, really good tension. There's smut in this as well. And overall, just a really good read. So would highly recommend The Bride Test. It's probably my favorite romance novel of all time, actually. And then another one that I read recently is The Wall of Winnipeg by Mariana Zapata. And I think that she's known as like one of the ultimate sports romance authors. I didn't realize that would be her niche. I didn't realize that. I've heard a lot about her. I forget what trope I keep. Maybe it's Enemies to Lovers when I look that up. Mm, Maybe. um, Like, she's known for sports romance, and then she's known for, like, intense slow burn, which The Wall of Winnipeg really, really is. But the setup is that the MMC is a pro football player, and then the FMC is his assistant. She ends up quitting because she wants to pursue a different career, and plus her boss is an asshole. But then he eventually comes to her begging for her hand in marriage because he needs a green card and he only likes her in his entire life. (laughs) Um, And yeah, you see how their relationship blossoms from there. It's like I mentioned, it's very, 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 very slow burn, but there's lots of character development for them both as well. I would say that this is like, maybe you could say this is sort of enemies to lovers as well, where it wasn't really as if, it's not like the enemies to lovers where actually one of them is secretly pining. Like the character development is you actually genuinely see them start to like each other, which I think is, it was nice to read as well. So next, Soph, I'll pass it to you. Yeah, so my next, favorite trope is reverse grumpy sunshine so it's where the female character is more of like stoic or like more grumpy not like as quirky and the male character is more of like a himbo golden retriever he's super nice super jokey I really love that trope because that's I feel like in my personal life my relationships I am reverse grumpy even though I don't think people would think that so I have a few recommendations for this and these are pretty much light but there is 
In a Jam by Kate Canterbury. I love this book. First of all, you have like a city girl who lived in a small town has to come back to the small town, right? Hot Farmer, Hot Farmer with Jam. He helps her build the jam business. Yes, yes. Yeah. The jam really made it good. He's like super into her. The one thing I did, not that I didn't like this, but in general, I don't like books where it's like second chance. And this was one Mm. of those where they were friends in school, but he always had a crush on her and she didn't know. And like for him, that was the love of his life always. In general, I don't like second chance or like that type of trope, but it's not like the main point of the plot here. But really recommend it. He's like such a himbo, just wants to help her out. (laughs) At first, it might seem like he's grumpy, but he's not. The next one is Tis the Season for Revenge, and it's by Morgan Elizabeth. It is a holiday one, but you can read it anytime. This girl, uh, the main character, her boyfriend breaks up with her, and I believe he was cheating on her. And she's like, I'm going to get revenge on him by going to his office party oh this is what happens it's very (laughs) similar to legally blonde where Mm. he's like i can't be with you because i can't bring you to my office christmas party so she decides to load dating app find his boss and (sighs) then like just keep swiping in that area until she matches with the boss because she kind of knows what his age is and like Mm. uh, the location. So she just keeps swiping until she finds him. And the like the sex scene's great, written really well. The guy is just super nice and helping her like unlearn these toxic thoughts that she has about herself because of her ex and the ending like the one thing that I think stands out about a himbo or golden retriever is that it's not that they're a dumb guy they're just very good looking and (laughs) they are like the type where there's an argument and they're not escalating it in the argument and they're still very like, I don't know how to explain the vibe of a himbo or golden retriever, but like, they're just super nice. nice. Like, yeah. yeah, there's no stoicism or like people know that they're a nice person. Yeah. But yeah, those are two that I'd recommend. One that I read recently similar to that, I can't remember if it was monster or not. I think it was a monster one, but I think I will touch on that later when I go over the actual monster trope section. Those two that you just said, I feel like are really up my alley. I'm going to put that on my to-be-read list. You are just killing this. You really are a romance elite. Yeah, um, like one a day, baby. One yeah. a day. <laughs> this is one your bread day. and butter or your bread and jam. Okay, so for me, another trope that I love or wheelhouse item that I love is faded mates or soulmates. It's just it's very Scorpio so, Venus of me, same. like so intense and passionate. <laughs> but it's like love it. I want stories where this is real and it's the right choice for the characters. Like, what's the point if you're not soulmates? Exactly. Exactly. Period. So one that I just read that I enjoyed, Soph and I actually buddy read this, but it's called The Fake Mate by Lana Ferguson. So this is an Omegaverse novel. So if you're not familiar, it's basically a hierarchy of humans inspired by wolves. So people are born as alpha, beta, or omega. And in this book, they're wolf shifters as well. So you have humans that can turn into wolves. And so the setup of this is there is an alpha doctor at this hospital and he is not mated, which is concerning because people are scared that he will like lash out and attack people and then you have this omega doctor at the hospital as well whose grandma is really on her case about having a boyfriend and so then they come up with this mutual agreement to fake date and then because of their classifications that they were born with it turns out that they are mates. Um, MMC is 
a grumpy alpha, but very nice to people. He's just misunderstood. And then FMC is a sunshine omega. I think overall, it's for me, this is kind of going out of my usual in terms of the types of It's monster of romance, romance yeah. baby. <laughs> Yeah, this is like, my first time. doesn't want to say it. She's like, I am going in bold. And I don't know if I told you this. I don't like Omegaverse. As soon as I see it, it's an oh immediate Oh, my DNA. God. Why'd you read it? Because it looks so cute. It but was cute. I, yeah. I like the other parts of it. And the reason is for Omegaverse, you know how people feel about moist? That's how I feel about hearing alpha. Like, Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I just skipped over the words. So that's why I usually don't read Omegaverse. I don't like hearing the word alpha or reading it. But that book is really good and super yeah, cute. You're such a good friend for reading that. <laughs> but yeah, it was really cute. My first monster romance. But I feel like it was still like for a monster romance, it was quite tame, actually. Um, and it was mostly human. Yeah, like, it was mostly they human. Only had like a few scenes of being shifter. But, yeah, um, and it just normal. felt completely normal to me. I don't know. Like if you've yeah. read Twilight, this should not be anything crazy. Yeah. Um. Okay. And then I think another like obvious example of this trope is the Akatar series, A Court of Thorn and Roses, by Sarah J. Moss. At its simplest, this is a Hades and Persephone retelling. There's lots of court intrigue and politics and war and magic. I love that there is a friend group in here and the friend group is made up of very hot people. So it's really exciting to hear about the relationships they get into. But yes, it's a very intense uh, soulmate situation going on here. And I'd highly recommend if you're interested. I didn't know Akatar is fated mates and soulmates. Like, I didn't know. Yeah, oh my God. Definitely. Like, that's part of the world building is that people can have mates and it's supposed to be like really intense i yeah. cannot do series but girl um, what you've said so many series today yeah but they're each standalones in a series like each book is yeah its own yeah story. i haven't and read a series like that in so long Akatar like since i was a teenager so no yeah. it's so long yeah and it's also ya like no I- it's not ya it's not ya Guys, it's Isn't, so. I thought it was YA. Someone no, told me it's YA. It's more like it would be more like new adult, if anything. Okay. But it's so. It's very. It it's smutty. So. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Kids, either. please don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that either. That's so funny. I know enough about Akatar too. Yeah, like, right. You. Can, it's like, hard to get away from it. Every, yeah. um, like you and my other friend love Akatar, so like I know enough to not read it. <laughs> That's how I feel about Twilight, but Akatar, one day, one day, mm-hmm. to go into my next one, and I, I I tried to tear it, so I'm not hitting everybody with the trauma dump of me <laughs> and my books and reading and life, but another romance section that I like is taboo-ish romance. Now, I want to clarify when I say I like taboo romance, I mean more around like age gap or like your best friend's dad or like your ex who sucks their dad, not interfamily Alabama situations, okay? <laughs> like Yes, when, ma'am. Yeah. Like, and it's okay if you read those. It's just <laughs> not for me. Once it gets Alabama, I immediately DNF. I, I, I can't read that. It's- I also don't read minors romance. Like, that is not the taboo thing that I'm talking about. I'm talking about more like, you know, your teacher in college, not in high school. But leave yeah leave them alone leave that alone but I do know when you say taboo read that's immediately what people think and Mm. I just want to say I'm in this other section of it and you're in the legal section yeah in the legal section and again this is what people call these books like the tropes they're in so that's what I'm going off of and the first one this was amazing it was something I knew I needed but didn't know until I read it Gravity by Sarah Kate. Oh my God. Gravity was like, one, it's a whirlwind out there. There is a son and father situation happening. 
but like it's I'm not sorry, I'm reading your description on our notes. I don't even understand this, but sorry, go okay. ahead. So basically the premise of this book is there is this girl and her sister was engaged to someone and who they uh, like she was engaged to that guy that family they're like billionaires they have their own island like that type of billionaires like they take a helicopter from their island into like new york or vegas or something every day because they are that rich so one they already had me at the billionaires like the billionaires <laughs> like i was sold so anyways and again i'm not like spoiling anything that's not told within the first one to two chapters like this is how the story begins the uh sister and the fiance get into an accident and they pass away. And the Beyonce's brother is just completely like emo. Like he cannot function. He's hiding out at their island, huge mega mansion. So the dad of the brothers calls the sister. And when I say sister, again, they are not interrelated. Okay. <laughs> it's sisters, brothers, Two different families, but he calls up the main female character who was the sister of the girl that died. And he's like, look, you're the only one who can help him through this, who understands what he's going through and help get him out of this situation. So she comes on the island and she is there to basically take the brother out of his emo depression hole. And there is an insinuation of also providing romantic services if needed. <laughs> um, oh, and she's going to get like over a million dollars for doing this. Wow. Like, she's asked to be there for like a really long time, like six months or something. And that like he'll take care of, you know, the dad will take care of her apartment, her bills. Like she doesn't need to worry. He's worried about his son. And the brother is somewhat toxic to her because he's mad that his dad is trying to do this to him. Mm -hmm. So, but they also have good chemistry. So it's like, okay, whatever. But the dad also has a thing for the girl. Anyway, so it's kind of like this love triangle. It's not a reverse harem where they end up all together. There is one choice made at the end and it is the best choice. But I will <laughs> say the Christmas scene really sold the deal for me. Okay. Um, the Christmas scene... Uh, you're just going to have to read it. You're going to have to read Gravity by Sarah Kate. And Sarah Kate writes these sort of taboo-ish books. Another series by her that's pretty well known is, I think it's called A Player's Club. And it was oh, uh, got popularized by the first book, Praise, which is, again, about some like similar vibes to the revenge book, but really toxic boyfriend. They break up. She goes to his house to return turn something the dad thought it was her his secretary coming in and he owns a sex club so when the secretary like their secretaries offer other services and it's like all consensual <laughs> but he thought his secretary had brought him a new girl and no it was not that it was his son's ex-girlfriend but anyway he's like oh do you want to make my son jealous by being with me and then he kind of <laughs> like cranes her and yeah, there's a lot of good girls thrown in there. It like hits all of the, like, it's literally called praise by Sarah Kate and your praise kink will like, she's at a hundred with this book. It's for all the good um, girls. Yeah. And then these ones I won't go too deep into, but everyone probably knows this book, Priest by Sierra Simone. And the taboo part of this is he is a priest. Um, that is it. It's a lot of smut. It's good. I the oil scene. We all mm. know the holy oil, whatever you call that, like the Christian oil, the, the church <laughs> oil. Like I don't know what God's it's called. oil. Yeah, that oil scene. Um, mm -hmm. the altar scene, the piano scene, lots of scenes happening in there, but Ooh. it's really good. And okay, this is probably the closest to Alabama I will get. Okay, let us know. Let us hear it. Credence by Penelope Douglas. And Penelope Douglas, I do not necessarily like her writing or like her other books, but I did like this one and I picked it up because of the cover. I did not realize this was going to be the plot going in. 
It is about a girl who loses her parents and because she has no guardians and she is like legal, but she is in high school still like she's 18 at that point. But because she's in high school, she needs to still have like a guardian, at least in this book she does. And so her unknowing, like nobody has ever heard from this guy, step uncle is apparently who the parents had left as the next of like kin or guardianship. No one else available. <laughs> Step uncle is not related to this girl at all. And Step uncle also has like two or three other sons. I think he has three. One of them are twins. Anyways, there is a lot of like sword fighting happening in there. There's DP. We're Never not in talk. Alabama, but we are perhaps yeah. in Tennessee. Yeah, like there's some Texas happening in here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Credence, I would say, is the most taboo of those that I said for me. But I would highly recommend Praise by Sarah Kate if you want to get somewhat into the taboo genre. But if son and dad really interest you, then Gravity. Just saying. Gravity by Sarah Kate. <laughs> I almost want to reread it now. I forgot how good it was. This, I'm not going to lie, this category, all hits, no misses. I haven't read them, but it sounded really, really exciting. Okay, so for me, my next one, and I feel like this comes as no surprise. I've been talking about it last this episode, last episode, there's probably like two hours of audio of me talking about this now, but love a stoic man. Just love they a man. Win. Yeah. Like, just love a man that doesn't fucking talk. And most importantly, I don't want them to be rude. Like, if you are not talking, mm-hmm. how can you be rude? Exactly. Or you better make sure that the words you do say are not rude. Anyways, for me, I think a good example of a stoic MMC I've said a lot, like a lot of the books I've already said have a stoic MMC, but uh, just for this category in particular, I'll also say The Love Hypothesis by Ali Hazelwood. This is another fake dating setup. It's academia setting. It's a, a professor and a grad student, but not uh, the professor's grad student. <laughs> and yeah, the the main the MMC is really stoic stoic and sexy so i would recommend that and then the hating game by sally thorne i do have to say warning for very obnoxious size difference that's always it's talked about like in every other page i feel like really yeah what do you mean by size different that she's so small and he's so big or yeah that like sex Type of no, no, no. It'll be like, I'm just so dainty. This piece of paper is so oh, heavy. Okay. <laughs> um, but it's amazing banter. It's enemies to lovers. Uh, it's an office setting. And I'll just, I think that the tension is really good. The MMC is obsessed with the FMC. Oh, so, yes. I, I mean, if you can get past the size difference, I think this is a really good uh, read. And the stoicism portrayed by both of the uh portrayed by the mmcs in both of the books that i said i think is really uh you'll definitely have a crush on the characters if stoicism is something you're into the thing with stoicism like stoic men is that they literally have a gray life they're just like silent doing nothing until she arrives and he's never had a better (laughs) life like he like not one woman has made him open his eyes his heart his mouth and then she arrives. And it's in a way similar to a faded mate, but not really. But yeah, I love a stoic man. Um, but I did not want to say it because all of my books are that. I know, so. right? Well, except Ooh. for the reverse grumpy sunshines, right? Even then, they're like in the beginning, you would think they're stoic. Oh, true, true. I see what you mean. Yeah. 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 So I would say the reverse grumpy ones are the ones who are probably the least stoic, but still. Yeah. So the next one that I have, and you guys probably like heard my like internal monologue ready to scream this, but <laughs> it's monster romance. And it, I guess it could fall under the fantasy category. The reason I don't put it in fantasy, it's like when I think of fantasy, I think of like a lot of world building and magic and stuff. Yeah. But. I guess it could be fantasy. I don't really care. But like specifically, these are monster romances. So the first one is by like probably one of the best known writers of monster romances, Lillian Lark. And it's a 
a series of books that she writes. I think it's called like The Love Bathhouse. Each are standalones. Okay, so one of my favorite monsters is a Kraken. I was going to ask you. Yeah, like what's your favorite? Yeah, a Kraken, Kraken. I love a Kraken shifter. And do I need to explain more other than multiple limbs and suction cups? Yeah, is a Kraken like an octopus? I'm not sure. Yeah, it's similar to an octopus because they do have tentacles and like – a Kraken, they've been written very differently in a lot of books. It's very mm-hmm. similar to a squid or a octopus or like top half of the body being human and the bottom not. Some of them do have specific mouths. Some of them don't. This one, he's a shifter. It's not super like monster-y, but... This is also one where he's super sunshine and it's a reverse grumpy sunshine essentially. But this is the first book. The full series is literally about this witch who has her own bathhouse. So she has her own uh, love dating agency because her talent, like I think their last name is Heart or Love. They are witches who can literally find people like their soulmates like they just so know good. when someone yeah has a love connection so she has this dating agency and she has this love bathhouse where she allows people to explore different like either group or like individual sexual fantasies that is what empowers the magic of the bathhouse but it's not really smutty about that but anyways there is this kraken who like randomly sees her he's he like immediately knows he is her fated mate (laughs) um and he's just trying so hard to get her and she is like so trying to get away um but yeah so recommend that recommend that series another book that i loved in that one was the dragon one that recently came out Ooh, you're called the dragon Hoarded too by the dragon. yeah i love a good dragon i love a good kraken and i love a good demon but i don't know if demons always fall under monster because they are their own category in kindle unlimited so oh um, go off demons yeah. They yeah, work so hard. Demons and angels. So demons and angels, they have their own. I have never read an angel one. Boring. Yeah. Um, the other one is Fallen Like with a Monster by Lola Glass. It's a more recent one. And this is somewhat, I don't want to say it's reverse grumpy because he is somewhat grumpy, but he's a himbo compared to her. <laughs> She's very type a and very critical of herself whereas he is just like that really good looking guy who's just super silly and funny they are both monsters ish here he is a demon and like a demon shifter and she is a recently turned vampire the previous book was about her bestie who was with the other demon brother but from (laughs) what you can understand there is it's a series of standalones about each of the demon brothers really like this one they have really good chemistry in the book the sex scenes are great they know that they are fated and how they find out is so funny to me um yeah this one's really good and another uh, fantasy romance one I love is uh, Must Love Orcs by Zora Black. I don't know if I mentioned this in the last episode. And if I did, I'm not sorry. So it is where uh, this guy hires the main girl to be a spy almost about this other orc. And mm-hmm. um, the other orc, he's like smart. He like immediately... and he's like i will double the money for you to be a double agent oh my so um and she didn't want to like help the other guy so she immediately like was like yeah but yeah this guy was super nice there isn't like a lot of content here into this like it's not deep it's not like Mm -hmm. the plot is those two but yeah that one's also super fun i really liked it i would probably reread all of these and with Like, the ones that I said, they are all standalones in a series. They're just my favorite ones, and Mm. they are by authors where I will always read their series. If I know a new book is coming, I will read it. That's so exciting. And if any of those sound interesting to you or if you like 
you end up reading one of these, it's nice to know that there's lots of content in the backlog as well. So for me, my last one that I'll talk about is sports romance. So sports in general is in my reader wheelhouse for some reason. So I funny. Yeah, like I don't uh, watch sports at all. I love a tournament like Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Oh, that okay. is my freaking favorite one. But just in general, like I love reading about a tournament. The Quidditch scenes in Harry Potter were always my favorite. Uh, but anyways, yeah, sports romance is something I've been dabbling in recently. I think that maybe just the sports romance, you can just bet that the MMC is going to be huge and hot. I think yeah. the sports are fun, but honestly, I don't really care if it's a huge part of the book. Like, you don't really need to go into a play-by-play of the game for me. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. I That's just I can't get into them that much. Like, mm. I really don't care about the sport. I mean, yeah, me neither, really. As long as they're an athlete. And there's usually a friend group, which I love. A friend group is definitely in my reading wheelhouse in general. But then in romance, love a friend group that is also like flirts with the FMC a bit. But anyways, for sports romance, one that I read recently that I did enjoy is Pucking Around by Emily Roth. So this is a why choose romance. The FNC ends up in a poly relationship with three other guys on a hockey team, and they're all cool with it. Uh, so the setup is she hooks up with this random guy while traveling, and they don't tell each other their names or just complete strangers, but sparks fly. A couple months later... She starts a job as a doctor on this new NHL team. And lo and behold, one night stand guy is a player on the team. And then the other relationships develop from there. But I think that there's a few, like, there's a few things where you kind of just have to go along for the ride. You know, they're not like all my favorite characters, but it was still very entertaining. It's extremely smutty. Um, but overall really good. Oh yeah. And speaking of smutty, like I was listening to the audiobook at first, but like some scenes were too much for me that I just had to stop listening. Like it took me days to listen to like the first three chapters, like in my ear, because it was just too uh overstimulating to me. Fine in your head. Yeah, yeah. Fine in your eyes. Exactly. And then the last sports romance that I'll recommend is Icebreaker by Hannah Grace. I think this one is a really Love popular that. one. Yeah, but it's so it's just so fun and sweet. Uh, reverse Grumpy Sunshine. It's new adult. It takes place at a sports university. But basically the setup is the FMC is an ice skater and the MMC is the captain of the school's hockey team. This prank happens and the ice skaters and the hockey players end up having to share a rink, which makes the FMC very angry. And she is blaming the hockey team for this dilemma. And then mm, antics ensue. Uh, you can guess that it's a happily ever after, though. So I'm getting more into sports romance. Uh, so if you have any recommendations, please let me know. But those were two that I read recently that I enjoyed. For me, I feel like I don't know how open I am to reading tennis or basketball. Oh, no, 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 not basketball, baseball, tennis or baseball. I just don't, I don't know how I can't sexy it is remember. Right now to me. If it's Tessa Bailey or something, there is a golf romance book coming know. out. Yeah. And it's about the one of the tropes is touch her and die. And oh. I have been <laughs> laughing at everyone's comments where it's like, he's a golfer. What is he going to do? Yeah. Hit them in the club? Hit them with the club or something? Yeah. And I have been dying. That book is literally like SEO of every single trope there is from what I've seen (laughs) but it is a golf romance I've never heard that yeah I've never heard of that before um so this is really like uncharted territories for uh oh it is by Tessa Bailey it's called fangirl oh Um, fangirl down that's what it's uh called I don't know if it's out yet it's out February 13th Oh, yeah, this looks like so... it's part of a series, too. Big Shots, number one. Hmm. Okay, well, maybe I'll check this out. Oh, uh, wait, but she has... Oh, Big Shots, two. 
And it's hockey. Ooh. The au pair affair. Okay. Okay, but looking at the cover, I kind of want to read this one. I love a man who just puts her over his shoulders. And for anyone who isn't going to look up what it looks like or visually impaired, it's this hockey guy with black longish hair and a beard. Uh, He's holding a hockey stick, wearing a blue jersey, and he has the female main character over his shoulder. She is a brunette with tan-ish skin, and she is wearing colors, yellow, orange, and purple, to be exact, with white shoes. That was incredible, Soph. Thank you. (laughs) Soph GPT. No, literally, but like a book cover really also goes into the vibe of the book for me, if I'm going to read it or not. Definitely. I mean, for me, the fact that it's Tessa Bailey, it's hockey, and the main character, like the MMC, is my type in terms of physical appearance. I mean, that's definitely going to be on my TBR. Yeah, I could. we could really do a whole episode on Tessa Bailey. She has so many books, and I've liked a lot of them. Not all of them, but a lot of them. I feel like we should do, like, an author spotlight one day. Yeah, um, I feel like there's – no, there's definitely so much more to talk about when it comes to romance. Literally. We could keep talking about, like, romance for hours, for days, for years consistently, and – Honestly, we'll definitely do a part two of this at some point, but I do want to wrap it up for all of you who are just sick of hearing our voices. <laughs> so until then, thank you so much for listening to Book Babes Banter. We'll be releasing an episode every other Saturday, so be sure to come back and listen to more bookish rambles. And follow us on Instagram at bookbabesbanter. And if you like the episode, be sure to give us five stars on your podcast listening app. See you soon, bookbabes. Happy reading. Happy reading. <laughs>